Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'm drinking a uh, Crab Cakes and Football by Devil's Backbone. It's what Maryland does. Unfortunately, it's not happening this weekend. The Ravens lost, so Eh, tough toenails for those guys. Dan, Mm -hmm. how you doing? Oh, I'm uh, living that Friday life right now, which is just got off from work a little bit ago, done for the weekend. Was that a say that again? Maryland crab cakes and pints. That is quite a quite a beer you're drinking, Chuck. It's called Crab Cakes and Football. It's made by Devil's Backbone. Quality, quality. It's a session IPA. Quality beer. Quality beer. Not bitter. Most IPAs, you know, most people consume associate with bitterness, but it's not. It's a golden color. Only four point two percent. So it's fairly light for an IPA too. Mm-hmm. Very quality beer. Uh, I believe Jesse actually recommended it to me. So shout out Jesse for recommending it to me because it's become one of my favorites. That, that sounds like a Jesse beer, but that's not a that is a compliment, not a not a degradation. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, and shout out Devil's Backbone. They're not listening, but you know they make quality beers. So what are we gonna do? Yeah. Uh, wish they would sponsor us. <laughs> Yeah, there's a hashtag now sponsor, but we, we we don't have enough. We're not getting sponsored anytime soon. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're long yeah, exactly. that. We're just doing that. Anyways, uh, welcome to another what is hopefully already off to a fantastic start of this Bush League podcast episode. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, NFL championships, AFC, NFC are coming up. We will be getting to that in the back half of the episode. But we're going to start with the season that it is currently. That's basketball season because it is fully underway. Um, Obviously, we had some technical issues last week, so we couldn't record in the immediate aftermath of the James Harden trade. But that's my fault. It's happened. Yeah, for uh, everyone listening, the old Mac is dead. It is. It caught fire, not not physical fire, but internal fire as it sparked through basically every key, and it is dead and gone. So this is being recorded on the phone, which means Mr. Charles Clark got to crack his first Bush League podcast initial beer. So round of, round of applause, round of applause. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Now, Requieste and Pache for the old computer. Yes. But, uh, we'll so figure now, that out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll ride. It sounds fine for now. So we're good. Um, so we've been about a week now, a little over a week into the James Harden on the Nets era. And, uh, Dan, since the trade details, everyone kind of knows where that's it. I think everyone's kind yeah. of had their, you know, their thoughts on who won, who won that, which you never know right after a trade is made. You're not going to know who won a trade for at least a season or two yeah. after the trade. Um, so what are your thoughts right now on this experiment they got going on in Brooklyn? I'm going to focus on the Nets and then throw to you for a little bit of the other thing. Um, the three are impossible to guard together. I think we all kind of knew that, of course, when it happened. They can. James Harden's been double teamed for the last, I don't know, five years, probably pretty consistently on the team outside of a little bit of Chris Paul happenings. Durant outside of Golden State. He, he can play off the ball, which is going to very much help them. The problem is, who's going to play when they're not in? I think we've seen a little bit of that already with Colin Sexton just dropping who knows how many points on them in the entire second half of that last game. 42. Career high 42. There we go. There you go. So... That's will, my nuts. I'll let you touch on the nets as well. Uh, and then, obviously, which hurt slash I don't know how you feel about this now. Karis Levert with 
coming to your Indiana Pacers and then his math that he has found and not being playing. Well, I'll start, I'll start there and then work my way to the other teams and then get back to Brooklyn. Um, I mean, this is just with Karis LeVert. It's, it's, I mean, I don't even know what the word would be. It's a stroke of luck that the medical for the trade happened. Otherwise they would have never found this mass. And the fact that the, they found it during the health screening and the Pacers still went through with the trade, I think is very big of the organization. I think it's, a, I think it's well-founded trust in the player because he's been nothing. He's gotten nothing but better. We talk about mm-hmm. a lot of times. I think there's a, always talk in the sports world of like, you know, this player, if he continues to get better, will be this. Karis LeVert has all has actually always continued to get better. So, you know, I'm excited for his future. Uh, I'm obviously wishing him the best for him and his family right now. I mean, he's I mean, it's it's nothing crazy right now. You know, it's being handled. And, you know, the other night they showed him he was on the even though he hasn't played, he was on the bench with the Pacers teammates like there. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to see that. That's why that's why I'm really happy. I'm looking forward. Plus, he's under contract for the next two or three years. Victor Oladipo, as I transition to Houston, <laughs> uh, is a free agent this summer. So we traded a player who we were probably going to lose as much as he talked about being an Indiana player. You know, I as, as someone who's not like, super in deep with the NBA and especially not like every individual player. When they start talking like this, I'm kind of like, I'll just wait till the chips fall. So we'll see how, and I just had a feeling with this one that Aladipo as great as he has been for the past couple of years, I felt like he was going to leave. And I think he already wants out of Houston a little bit as well. I think he, he wants, he wants to go somewhere he can actually win. And I think he'll get snatched up, which makes this a great move for Indiana, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's move on to Houston. Uh, so they acquired Victor Oladipo and the uh, two other players. I don't think were very, you know, very big players. I don't know if they're in the rotation or not. But they acquired basically all the first round draft picks yeah, they could yeah. conceivably <laughs> get their hands on for the next eight years. So, I mean, I think that's, I mean, if you're going to basically trade James Harden, that's, I think, the best you can hope for because they weren't going to get a superstar. They weren't, that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't in the cards. So I think they're set up well for the future. You know, they're basically rebooting. They let their GM go. They've got a new coach. Now they've got all the draft picks in the world to rebuild. Uh, You know, and so they'll just sit in that lottery area of the West for a while, I think, and just try and accumulate talent. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's the worst. It's the worst job to have though for the next like. Three or four years in the NBA. I, I feel sorry for the new head coach because uh, what, come on, you you don't stand a chance for a couple of years. I'm I'm interested to see what John Wall does. He's been playing well, very very well mm-hmm. so far. Uh, I don't know when his contract is up. I don't think I don't believe he's a free agent this year. But I, I, I might have to look that. You might have to look that up. But. You know, I'm recording on my phone, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, and my laptop fried, Joe. Don't you remember? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but if you're a head coach in the NBA, it's most of the time you're dealing with grown men, your adult basketball players who've been balling at a very high level, pretty much since they were in high school. Because in the NBA, yes. You're dealing with like like Lamelo Ball is coming in and showing like no I belong here yeah. I am a star I really didn't even probably need to sit out that year I spent overseas mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's because the very basketball is such a simple it's so not sim, it's not simple in terms of like you know 
how do I say this? Because, you know, there are lots of different defenses. There is strategy involved. But it's also just a lot of just ballers being ballers. Just a, a person with a basketball knowing, like, there, there is – I need inches to make a basket. Yeah. I That's don't the need... reason, like, one person can completely change the entire identity of an entire team in basketball that it can't do at any, any sport outside of it. LeBron yeah. makes the Pistons the best team in the NBA. I mean, it's the top four team in the NBA almost immediately. Right. And you're, and it's because also you're 20% of your team's offense and 20% of your team's defense. Yep, 100%. And you're playing an extended amount of time when you're a superstar. Except for the point which we just brought up earlier about the Nets that kind of becomes full circle. When you're not on the floor... And then, and then what does your team do without you? Yeah. And, but, oh, boy. Well, the, the the point I was making about, you know, them, co- the, them dealing with superstars and grown men and all that. You know, as a coach, when you're drafting all these players and not all these players they're going to get in these first round picks are necessarily going to be lottery picks or just instant mm-hmm. superstars. They're going to have to develop as a coach. There is that probably an eagerness to come there and be like, no, I want to actually develop these players and, you know, build something special. Yeah. I think all coaches kind of have that, you know, desire in them. Yeah, and, I would get know, a at least a five year contract then. I'd yeah. Feel real well, that's, bad. that's becoming more and more common. You know, we might discuss that at some point in the off in the in the NFL offseason about these coaching yes. contracts. And we'll we're going to talk about the coaching carousel a little bit coming up, too. But Definitely. um. But that's the huge. Basically, I think, yeah, you're going to suck for the next two or three years, but I mm-hmm. think the future could be bright. We'll, you know, just bet. It's all, you're basically betting on your GM. You're betting that's on it. yourself, too, to take the job. Like everybody, you know, you're like, all right, I can do this. I can change this. There you go. Yeah. Let's see it. Meanwhile, the Cavaliers, the fourth team in this, uh, I think they got, you know, they're, they got Torian Prince and Jared Allen. Jared mm-hmm. Allen's a nice, young, really good player. I don't know if he's star yet. I don't think he's there quite yet. He's like cusping on that range. I think he could flourish in Cleveland. We'll see. Um, Torian Prince, an experienced veteran. Um, we'll see. You know, he's a journeyman, whether he stays in Cleveland. You know, I think the thing with Cleveland, yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of Cleveland fans listening right now. Probably, you know. Um, I think Cleveland is in a weird position because they're a very solid young team. Like they have a good chance to make the yep, you, to at least compete for a playoff spot this year. Um, I think part partly because the Wizards are unexpectedly atrocious. I did not expect them to be this atrocious. I expected them to be good, and they're not good. Uh, yeah, which is which is baffling, baffling to me that you can have a team with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and just not be a playoff contender i mean thomas bryant going out hurts but like but anyways let's talk about the Cavs. so they've got a chance right but then where do they go from there because colin said and again i haven't watched much of colin sexton so obviously he's got he's a star he's got star potential probably could be is a star you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but who do you get to play with him you know what i mean who else what are you going to build your team if you build your team around him you have to bring in a free agent to compete for a championship. You know what I mean? Yes, because I, I, I'm wondering who who we compare Colin Sexton to. But I do I do think adding Jared Allen, Jared Allen, um, could be and like a, I don't want to say a Rudy Gobert because he's not quite the shot blocker, the defensive presence like Rudy Gobert is insane, but just like a presence inside that can draw you know people away. He just needs a spot up shooter around him because he can. Colin Sexton can he can create man by himself, get in space, do what he needs to get get off the ball. If he has someone he can just dish outside and just spot up and snap trays at all times. That's a Difficult trio to defend. Then. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I think your Rudy Gobert comparison is not that far off because I think Colin Sexton, I would compare him to Devon, Donovan Mitchell in because he 
I do not dislike that. I do not dislike that. I, especially in the in the scoring area. Donovan Mitchell, probably a better scorer than Colin Sexton, but I think Colin Sexton's a better passer. He's a better assist. Because not you know, yeah. they pointed this stat out because uh there was some controversy yesterday because of of course from Shaq and Chuck uh Bart Chuck Barkley that oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, criticizing Donovan Mitchell because they said it was, it was a crazy stat too. In two hundred and sixty-nine games. Donovan Mitchell has had only one game with double-digit rebounds and only one game with double-digit assists. What? He's only had two double-doubles in the past 269 games. They and they were saying that basically he's, he's, he's a star, but he's not a superstar because superstars make their team better. And a lot of people were giving them crap, saying like they're old heads, they need to shut up. Part of me goes like, nah, I think I think they got a point. I think they got a point because KD is a superstar because he grabs rebounds and assists and is a, a lethal scorer, but does mm-hmm. make his team better. Like he knows, and and obviously now he's playing with Kyrie and James, so he's he's obviously yeah. But like even when he was on that OKC team, he made Serge Ibaka better. Oh, he made Stephen Adams better. You know what I mean? They made those players. He made those players better. Uh the. the- one hundred percent, but I'm I am going to defend Devon, Donovan Mitchell a little bit in this. With teams are different as well. Like Rudy Gobert snatches up rebounds like a fiend and doesn't leave a lot for everybody else to some degree. I wonder how many games he had eight rebounds and eight assists. You know, and to some, I think he makes his team better. The Jazz are better, and everybody feels better, and they flow better, and they play better around Donovan Mitchell. It's at least from I test, I haven't done a ton of stat work on it. Yeah. But no, I would, the, I would, I would, I would agree. I just think I don't know how to say this. Um, does he make them better because he plays well, and they just kind of ride his success? Or does he play make them better as in like actually getting his teammates into better positions and stuff and getting them open shots? Like because LeBron does that. LeBron directs the floor. You know yeah. what I mean? He controls yeah. that. Uh KD, I think to some extent, he you know, he calls you know, even Kyrie too will does this a lot. Harden, um not he does it too at because he got assists in Houston. Like he made players better in Houston, too. So it's yeah, actually They're crazy. all a little different. I would say KD's kind of like the anti-LeBron in the fact that LeBron is the directing of the floor, and KD doesn't direct, but it's like whatever anybody else wants to do, I will mold exactly to what you need me to be and be right where you need me to be to score all the points. It's kind of amazing that's, to watch. That's fair. But uh, so... Well, basically, we've been talking about the Nets, but I'll say this. some yeah. finish my point about the Cavs. I think they're a very good team. I think they need uh, – well, they've got Andre Drummond, too, who I also didn't mention, who is just like – oh, you talk about a monster rebounder. That yeah, man is the – I mean, the other day, he had like 25 points and 23 rebounds or something like that. I was like, oh, my – what is this man doing? Just grabbing boards. But – um, you know, I think they just need – they're like one piece away from being a really good team, and they they, they can do yeah. it. It's just, you know, Cleveland has not historically been a free agent attractive place, so I they need to make find a way to make themselves that, I think, if they want to compete for a championship. And they, and need, that's, a, they need the superstar. Yeah. When, nobody mentions the superstar yet. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. At least one. And it's yeah, tough. One. It's tough because we're in an NBA where the the superstar talent is very concentrated. You know, the NBA is very top heavy. Yeah, it's um, getting worse again, isn't it? It's kind of slowly. Yeah, that's getting worse gonna, again. I was gonna say it felt like last year there was like real parity in yep. the NBA, and now with this big three and the Nets, it's like, oh, we're going back to that. That's. But not I good. do still think the Lakers can beat them. There's still there are a couple teams still. I think I'm not. I haven't lost all hope. Oh no! I think they're they're. I mean, they're playing the Cavs tonight, and I said this was. We were talking a little bit before that this is going to be a very important game yep. because we know that KD and Harden can gel. We know that KD and Kyrie can gel. We uh-huh. need to see that James Harden and Kyrie can gel together. 
Yep. And uh, quick update. There's four minutes left in the fourth, and the Cavs are up by 12. They've oh, scored 111 points. Yeah. Well, See, this is my... Live, yeah, and we're this gonna get kind of, live knowledge here. Yeah. This is... Gonna, we're going to get the final probably before the podcast is over. I'll oh, easily. But, uh, well, I mean, by the time the episode comes out, people know. But, you know, the the I think the one thing the Nets well, are I've running just... into is their bench is decimated. They are... They are 100%. S-O-L with their bench. I mean, they... With DeAndre, I mean, I don't think DeAndre Jordan's playing either, which is definitely hurting them. Uh, no, he is playing. Oh, boy. That's not good. Only had eight points and four rebounds right now. That, oh, woof. Oh, that's no. a big wolf. Four rebounds? Yeah, they need. They might need to trade that, man. You know, they might need to call Cleveland up again and be like, hey, yo, DeAndre for Andre? Hey, come on. Cleveland can't afford DeAndre's can't, contract. Yeah, can't. He, got, um, he got paid, didn't he? I was gonna say plus, I'll lie. Your mother's son, your your firstborn child. Good lord. Yeah, their bench is just. I mean, Jeff Green is like a very. He's actually been playing well. He was in the starting lineup for a while, so kudos to him. But like everyone else, I'm just like, bro. These guys, everyone else on that team has to step up, and they just right now they're not. And right now it's the regular season, so it's like. Okay, you've got some time to figure it out mm-hmm. because you've got the three most, three of the most unguardable players in the world. So you're going to win some regular season games off of that, just because you're going to play the Wizards. You're gonna, you're mm-hmm. gonna still play, you know, these not so good teams um, out there. But boy, they run into like the 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 Sixers or the. The, I mean, the Celtics, whose bench is just, you know, they are so deep, I feel like. Even the Bucks. I mean, like any any of the top-tier teams that I go, all you have to go is like, you don't even have to go 10 deep. You have to go like 8 deep for sure. And yeah. you can you can do something. Yeah, that's going to be their biggest issue, I think. I think that's going to be the Nets' biggest issue. And it's very clear for the Nets, if they don't win, if they don't, win the finals this year not just make it they gotta win the finals if they don't do that it's a bust Mm -hmm. it's a bust they've set that for themselves it's a bust i think that's fair yeah yeah they they absolutely for me have to make it and make a run of it they lose in seven and a wonderful series not a pass but they sure Okay. In the fi- in the NBA Finals, yes. Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals, no. No, no, no. no. They, have, they have to. Make if you lose in Game Seven end. to the Bucks or the Celtics, you failed. No, agree. You have to make the Finals, and then some epic, wonderful, historic season. Sure, I'm okay with that. That's it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, any other thoughts on the NBA before we? Uh, we can talk, and we're also going to talk about uh, our NBA fantasy basketball league because me and Dan happen to be playing each other this week. Pretty but, good uh, game. Pretty good game. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the rest of the NBA before we get into that? Uh, I don't think too awful much. Um, can I say this? Go. The Mavericks are yeah. very disappointing. Very disappointing right now. Because they're like two games under 500, right? Or something they're like that? seven and seven at this moment. They are okay, beating so the Spurs. Oh, boy. It feels like they're. That's how bad. Because I thought they'd be. I, they were one of my favorite teams going into it. The out of combo Porzingis with Luca. And then that's all we really need, to be honest. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Luca's been getting triple doubles out the wazoo too. He had a triple double yesterday or two days ago against the Pacers, who we who they beat. Um, they decide, we decided not to play defense on Kristaps that game. Let him get twenty seven. Don't know what that was about. Um, well, Miles Turner not be playing is really what that was about. Yeah, Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner's back tonight, and we're. 
basically beat the Magic in overtime. So not thrilled that we had to go to OT against uh, the Magic, but glad we got the win. Not a, yeah, not a upper level team to say at least Magic. No, no, they're not. But uh, I think that's really the only shocking storyline I think of the um, of the NBA. So the Suns are playing well, but they had a good. I mean, they're not above ten wins yet, so I don't. You know, the Clips, the Jazz, and the Lakes are the only two team. Lakers are above the only teams above yeah. ten wins in the West. That's not surprising. The Nuggets look like they're going to. They're gonna be good. I mean, Fine. Joker. Thank God, I. Dra- I mean, I'm really glad I I got to draft him because. Boy has been balling. He's insane. Yeah. The rest, I mean, it's very early in the season. It's still really, really early in the season. So a lot of this stuff will sort itself out. And the East, I think, is very like, you know, we'll see, and plus we've had a lot of COVID stuff going on in the NBA. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes. Um, We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Well, let's move on to our NBA fantasy matchup right now. Uh, yesterday, I did not have. I had one player play, yep. and you had four, including LeBron. Yep. So that puts you ahead. But uh, I'm happy to say I'm back on top, thanks in part to Shit. three 50-point scoring efforts, one still ongoing with Kyrie, also Evan Fournier and Pascal Siakam, and in a game that's only in the third quarter, low-key MVP of my team right now, Clint Capella. Clint Capella putting up 81 right now with 11 points, 18 rebounds, and seven blocks. He scored like 109 points the other night against me. He's going to like have the week of his life, and you're going to beat me. (laughs) Clint Capella low-key playing defensive player of the year. Yep. Him and Miles, Turner, and Rudy Gobert, I think, are the three. I was going to say, at least got one of them. I know Rudy, he's easily still right there because he's been great. Yeah. I have not looked at my team. I don't know how my team's doing, but your team sounds like it's popping off. Your team's doing pre- uh let's see, Terrence Ross only at 32 and a half. He is a fill-in. He is what I can get him. Hunter's not doing well in his role. Again. Ah, crap. Graham had 46. Grant had 46. They're both great. They're both fantastic. Kristop Porzingis has 28 and a half at the half. That's pretty That'll good. Work. That'll work. That'll get, that's on track for 50. Yep. Hoiter only has 14. Ah, that's disappointing because he's in a starting role. Yeah. He's he, falling out when he was starting early. He's been good. He's been pretty I picked, good. I picked him up a couple weeks ago and I played him. He's a good streamer. He feels like a good streamer, but hey. But you've still got Booker and Barnes to go. So you've still got a lot of points to put up. Yeah, Devin Booker's been but, but very I, disappointing. But I have Joker, and Mike Damn it, Cal- that goes both of my there goes both of my players and Michael Bridges. Ah, damn it! And you're winning already again. Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I'm up okay. by fifty right now. Fifty. And I left Delon Wright on my bench too. Justin Holiday, so I put in. He did not have as stellar an effort as I was hoped. Damn it! So, you're having a week. You're going to score like well over two thousand points. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got 1,122 points, and we've got like three days le- or two days left after today. So, maybe, I maybe not 1,400 points is like it, it would be extremely good, but we'll see how tomorrow and goes because I don't know who's playing tomorrow. We have two days left after this, yeah, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. All right, you're easily scoring 1,400, but oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. That's enough about that, about our little matchup. Let's move on to the NFL. Before we get into the playoff previews, let's talk about what's been the other hot topic this week, which is that coaching carousel Yes, always comes up this offseason. Um, Dan, what are your general thoughts right now on what of the six coaches, I believe? Six, right? Uh Jets, Chargers, Falcons, Lions. Um, who am I forgetting? Chargers. Yeah, Jets, Chargers, Falcons, Lions. We haven't uh, had the Texans are still left to be hired. And I felt like there was one more, but I might be imagining that. But anyways, 
of the coaches that have been hired just for now. Oh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh. Ur- Urban. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Of of those of the six coaches that have been hired, and I'll let me go down them real quick. Yeah. Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Robert Sala for the Jets. Um Gu- uh Nick Sirianni for the Eagles. Another one we mm-hmm. did mention. I was gonna um, say, did you say Philly? Just, we did not say Philly. Yeah. Um, Dan Campbell for the uh, Lions. Lions. Atlanta Falcons hired Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. And the Chargers hired the Rams defensive coordinator. Brandon um, Staley. Staley, yes. Brandon Staley. I'm going to give you my favorite. And then what I think is the best, and what is the worst. I'm going to go. My favorite is Dan Campbell for the Lions. Because that man, if you I don't if you watch, I know you watch Pat McAfee, and uh, they are a big fan of uh, old Dan Campbell, who is jacked and is a football guy, and will absolutely uh, be fired in three. Two to three years. I'm going three years. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hey, but he's going to have an electric time while he's there. Oh, it's I mean, going to be, be fun, fun to gonna, watch. There's going to be Aaron Rodgers at least once, maybe even at Lambeau, and it's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him collapse, assuming he does. I mean, I yeah. I hope he doesn't. I mean, Detroit's been bad for a long time. I'd love to see them have a Cleveland story where they're finally good. They're competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Stefanski, hope, you know, hope they continue their success next year too. But, um, you know, with this type of coach and you let, you know, people, he's all fired up and you, he's a former player, pleased to play for the lions. It's great idea. Great, you know, shift, I guess. You gotta try something right, at this point. They're, they're going to try something. They've gone through, so many coaches. It's just like at this point, we gotta we gotta try something. But yeah, good old good old Detroit. Yeah, who's who's who got your best hire? My best hire, and I wish it wasn't them, the franchise. But the best hire is it feels like Robert Salah. Oh, hundred. Yeah, I, yeah. He I is. Agree. He feels like a home run. Just he's when I say football guy. Not like I said, Dan Campbell, football guy. To think about football, talk about football, think about every night, go home, love football, understand football. That's Robert Solon. Best, best guy you can have in the locker room. I, I agree. He's uh, got a big endorsement from uh, Richard Sherman, which is, you know, kind of fairly big deal. You know, well-known player, well-respected player, and uh, definitely a defensive guy. So you get that nod. That's always good, especially he hasn't played for Robert Sala for very long. So to already have that endorsement, that's pretty good. And if I believe I saw this correctly, um. He was the first Muslim coach hired yes. in the NFL. Yes. So, you know, that's all. That's a good positive step. Probably the mm-hmm. only good positive step in terms of uh, progress in the NFL on that on that front. Yeah. The, what does Eric Bieniemy have? Does he not want to be a? No, coach? he wants to. Like, he stated. I would assume, like right, like yeah. They asked. He he was asked about it. And he said, listen, I want to be because some a reporter asked him, like, what is it like to be the face of this kind of debate right now? And he's like, listen, I want to be a head coach. I want to be. But right now I'm focused on doing everything I can for the, you know, basically to make the Chiefs win. But, yeah, I want to be a head coach. But like, I, you know, basically he's just he didn't like say it. But in, in my head, when I was watching the answer, I was like, yeah, this buddy's like, dude, what the fuck do I have to do? What do I have to do? Uh, you know, I saw a thing that was like, you know, cause one of the popular things is like, he doesn't call the plays. So that's why he's not getting, yep. and I was like, 
Hmm. Frank, Doug Peterson got hired for the Eagles. He didn't call the plays under Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Frank Reich got hired by the Colts. He didn't pl- call the plays under Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni got hired by the Eagles. Bring it all the circle. <laughs> he didn't call the plays either. So uh, what What bag of excuses we got now? What, what, keep them coming. Keep them coming. I will prove, keep proving you wrong. But mm-hmm. keep them coming. You hey, know? you made it full circle, man. I mean, all the way to my worst, all the way to my worst pick. Final score, Cavs beat Nets 125-113. Cavs covered, and they hit the over. Colin Sexton only had 25 points tonight, but still managed to put up nine assists. And I guess Kyrie led the Nets in scoring 38 points. Not looking good. Not looking great. They still got some time. Long regular season. But they, like I said, they they got to win because they gave they gave it all away for this. Oh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's a, like I said, it came out full circle back to uh, Nick Siriano. Siriani is how Sirianni. I pronounce it. Uh, yeah, that's the that's not no no way. I'd be astounded if he's there more than four more four years. Is the over-under? Yeah. I mean, listen, obviously he was a Colts coach for a long time. Uh, here are the pros for his resume. Colts had three different starting quarterbacks past three seasons and still were in the top half of the league for uh, points scored in all those seasons. So there's some good – so there's something there. You know, um, other than that, I really, I really can't, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's been a, uh, let's see, he was an offensive quality control coach. He's got that three times under his resume. <laughs> um, Sorry. He was the, I mean, the reason. One of the reasons Philip Rivers came to the Colts was because he was in San Diego beforehand. Um, uh, he was there with the Chargers from 2013 to 2017. He was their quarterbacks coach and wide receivers coach while he was there at one point. You know what I mean? So, um, he he can he knows his way around an NFL locker room to some degree. It it, it feels like uh, he can talk to different types of players and try to understand them. But what does he know about like coaching the, if the meaning the yeah. up and down of the game? You know, I just, um, I did, I guess he's close with Anthony Lynn. Cause obviously he would, he would have been there around the same time. Not, yeesh, not as so great. <laughs> if he brings in Anthony Lynn as like an offensive coordinator, at least you've got some head coaching experience you can lean on. I don't I really don't know what – I don't know if, if they're bringing Nick in to be like fix Carson Wentz. That's oh, a oh, really oh. – that's a lot to ask for that guy. And like – Because he has some tie to Frank Wright at all that he can fix Carson Wentz. Is that I how like – Yeah, I don't – But if – yeah, it just doesn't make a Jaylen lot of Hunt, sense. I mean, good – oh, my – it just this is up. definitely the worst. It's the worst, right? Yeah. Do you have a worse hire than this one? Uh, the Chargers hiring a defensive coach when they're got a rookie oh, back they need to handle. I like that hire. See, I like that hire. I like the Brandon Staley hire. Mm, eh, well, eh, we'll see. I mean, the Charger, the defense has been the problem in, in for the Chargers organization for, I mean, about 10 years now. I mean, not since Philip Rivers was young and, you know, they were going to the AFC championship game when they had Sean Merriman and Ty, uh, Ty Law, you know, a veteran Ty Law and, you know, Junior Seau, rest in peace. You know, so when you they want, had those guys. So you want to so you want to hire a offensive coach then? and offensive? No, coach? I'm not saying it's it's bad necessarily. I'm just saying. When you hire a defensive coach, that means you have to put emphasis that you hire an offensive coordinator 
that can work with you now have to hire an offensive coordinator that can work with a young you know what i mean and you have to know that this defensive coordinator can also you know what i mean it just feels like if you have hire an offensive minded coach and you bring in a defensive specialist like if they had hired you know rob um rob ryan just got hired by the ravens be there like a defensive assistant coach on their staff you know who came out of retirement you could have hired that guy I see what you're saying. You're saying your Wade hey, Phillips is asking to come out of ret- it's coming out of retirement now. You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. hired that guy at least. You know, you hire an offensive coach and you bring in that guy to be like, okay, he's just going to handle the defense, and this head coach can help guide Herbert. But you know what I mean? I think I I, I want to agree with you because like my brain says that is right. But what I think I've seen now, and I'm slowly as I as we get older here, Chuck. The only offensive brain, like I'm calling everything, I'm doing everything type of offensive coaches that win Super Bowls. Andy Reid is, and he still never wins it except for until last. Like McVeigh, they they lose to. The type of coaches that are controlling the entire game, managing the clock, managing what's happening, not focused on just what's happening with the offense, which is the type of coaches that tend to be paired with how you were thinking for the Chargers, bringing with Justin Herbert, like, oh, I got a new a new quarterback playing with a new offensive guy, and boom, here we go. I, I won't they disagree fail. with that. But I'll say this, that's, I think that's less to do with whether you're offensive defense and just like the NFL being like, not generally good at hiring head coaches. Like there's just a lot of head coaches out there that I'm just like looking at, like, what are you doing? What are you, are you really an elite head coach right now? Like what's going Because this is a tough, it's a tough game to coach. It's a really tough game to coach. You're dealing because in college you're, you're still, you're kind of a teacher. You're a full-time coach, but you're also a part-time teacher. You're teaching all these young men, and many of whom just aren't going to play in the NFL. Like, even we talk mm-hmm. about Alabama being, like, an NFL, you know, producing place, Clemson being an NFL-producing yeah. place, and a lot of those players are going to get drafted. But a lot of them just aren't going to make it in the NFL and going to end up doing other things. So, like, you have to – and in college, anyways, you're learning who you are as a person, really, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the first time, but, like – in a very in, much more independent setting, usually. So you're being a teacher as well. When you're in the NFL, you're like, nah, man, you're here to do a job. And yeah. like, you're, it's great if you have fun. You should have fun because this is a game and you still have to have that fun. Sean Payton's a great example of that, of like, you know, he's a coach that manages all that stuff, but still has a lot of fun with a lot of players. Yeah, but it's like, a funny concept of like work should be fun as well. Like, oh, you're at work, but, like, sometimes work can be fun. It's like, you right. hear that in bull crap, but in sports, sometimes. Right. Eh. Like the office, you know, you got to have your office Olympics. But <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But it's also tough when your contract is kind of tied to whether or not you get a certain amount of playing snaps, catches, all that yeah. stuff. That, that can be a rough thing to negotiate, you know? So it, it's hard. To, I'm not going to say, I don't want to make it sound like all these guys suck, and especially me, couch boy, never played a down on my life outside flag, you know, touch football knows more, but like, you know, there's just not a lot of great coaches. So, you know, a lot of these teams, I feel like sometimes they hire people because they're like, they're in the room. And I saw a great quote from Darius Butler, who an anonymous GM told him. And if I had to bet money, it's either, uh, Chris Ballard, just because mm-hmm. of his history with the Colts. Uh, know, that they, was my guess before you even say anything. I know you're trying. Yeah, I don't actually know if they're even close though, so I wouldn't presume. Um, or it, you know, it. I it said he said NFL GM, so I don't know if it only requires the current. But if it was a retired, maybe Bill Polian. So, um, mm-hmm. But you know, he, they said most of the time it comes down to who you would have, rather have a beer with, and on um, you know. That's not a great hiring system. If you're looking at two candidates or three candidates and you're like, I'd rather have a beer with that guy, so keep him around. It's like, first off, 
you're going to be spending most of your time in the office with this guy, so you shouldn't be worried about drinking beer. You're not drinking beer at the office, are you? If you're drinking beer and watching tape, that's not a good... What are you doing? But No, that's how you end up in Jacksonville. <laughs> well, that's that's another thing we can talk about before we get in the playoffs. This Urban <laughs> yeah. Meyer hire. Uh, before, but anyways, but like, I just think... And obviously, and the Texans still have to make their hires. We'll see where that goes. But, like, oof, that's a rough situation to go into. If Eric Bieniemy does end up getting to Houston, um, which, by the way, I also saw that today uh, they interviewed Josh McCown. What, 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 what? Josh McCown has stated that he wants to be a coach at some point. Originally, his plan, I guess, was to watch his, his finish, wait till his, Boys get out of high school. They're in high school right yes. now. So that would, it was a few years off, but they they inter- they brought him in, and apparently there's buzz. There's buzz there. So no, this is that's. Hey, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time an average quarterback got a. I mean, I mean, Kellen Moore a below average. I mean, come on, Ke- Byron Leftwich is an offensive coordinator. I mean, I'm, I, to be fair, I liked Byron when he played. I thought he and. You know, but you know. Well, he was. You know, Byron Leftwich was solid. Not bad at all. Yeah, absolutely solid for sure. Not great, but solid for what Jacksonville was at the, in those days. Streaky, streaky. Yeah, but then they cut him for David Garrard, and I was like, why would you cut Byron Leftwich for di- diet Byron Leftwich? Jacksonville. That just makes no sense. Stupid, stupid Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. Not, not the. You know, no offense, guys, but y'all, I think y'all already know. Y'all don't have the greatest organization. Yeah, no. Which moves us to, I think. You don't live in Jacksonville for the football team. Yeah. Well, let's move on to probably the last. Let's talk about this last coaching hire, Urban Meyer, and then we'll go. We'll preview of the um, conference championships. Yes. I'm going to say this right now. I'm not. I've these college coaches that come to the NFL. You would have think these they learned their lesson with Nick Saban, because we've seen what he does at the college level. Everyone's like he's the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time. I'm like, hey, remember when he was winning the LSU, won a national championship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Why do you did he leave LSU for Alabama? No. What did he do? Oh, he went to the Dolphins and was pretty subpar there for two years, and then he left Mm -hmm. because he couldn't handle it. Mm. And that's why I say, like, like I was saying my point earlier, like coaching the NFL is a skill. It's a rare skill. Yes. You know, Nick Saban's a great college coach. He comes in and he and he does a great job of getting them ready for the NFL. But he um he still didn't make it. So I don't know why you think Urban Meyer, who's been sitting out on the analyst chair for a cup uh what, two or three years now? Oh, I think two and a half. Yeah, three. COVID has thrown things off two half years. But I think yeah. it's two and a half, which would be like two seasons we would normally think of. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think he might be able to do it because it can be done. Because I wonder, I'm going to sprinkle this in your head and then go off. Matt Rule. Then go off on my little Urban Meyer thing. He has built programs not just from massive talent pools. He started at started started at like North Dakota something or something smaller, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. By the time he got to Ohio State, yes, he got everything he needed handed to him and won. But he built where he came from each time to some degree. I think it's whether Jacksonville has the investment in them or not in the NFL. And the money. There's another salary cap in the NFL and they can do what they want. But there's ways to move money around. And some teams seem to do it. And Jacksonville will never, ever do it. If he can't do that, even with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whoever he chooses, then he can't do it. And he'll be screwed. But then Matt Rule 
I think as a college coach that will be able to step up and do. I am confident in that one. Give me your thoughts on uh, old boat. Well, I will say Matt Rule had a five and eleven year, so he, I think, still did bet. They had better, they had success early and then they kind of faltered late. But they were already or rebuilding, so it's it's too yeah. early to say whether or not. But he does he does seem at least right now. There's no like, I don't you never you don't hear anything about like oh he's not handling the locker room anything crazy like that. So he at least seems to understand the culture. Yeah, so that's a pretty good. clean five and eleven year. Five and eleven. I don't know about you. That felt like a pretty good season for the Carolina Panthers. I guess. With but no, but I think that with the no thing, McCaffrey. True. Well, partial McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> Did they win all three? If they won all three games, I look real bad right now. <laughs> no, they. No, I don't think they did. Um, but you know. Time will tell on him. I think the the thing with yeah. college coaches, and that's the last thing we say before we go into these previews. Um, I think one of the thing, reasons college coaches fail, they try and first off, they try and pull stuff sometimes that are like, uh, you know, works on younger people, and then you when but you get to like a thirty old man, he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, no, nah, I've been through that. I ain't doing this again. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. of stuff. And another thing that I think happens is that college coaches you know they use all these things to motivate players right like these tricks or they're like you know mind games or whatever you get to the nfl and you try and do that most of these players have been through multiple coaches and they're like yeah i've kind of i've seen that done before. yeah so like oh i get to oh you know what i mean like yeah i see what you're doing i appreciate it but like be real you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they want you to just be honest with them yeah, they'll, so buy, I, they'll buy into it if you've also shown the other side of understanding what it's like to be an actual player and do that and to be a person and go through. It's like, oh, then I'll I'll buy into the rah-rah when it's time for the rah-rah, you know, when, it, when it's time to be elevated and to be yeah. excited and, and to do it, I'm down be, as long as you be, understand the other times. And and Urban Myers coached several NFL. He coached Alex Smith while he was at Utah. You know, mm-hmm. ended up being a number one overall pick. So you know, I think to some, he he's definitely can at least he understands what good football players look like. And I think he does have some good attitudes. Like he, uh, I was watching at some point during this year, and he was talking about. He said when he talks to his coaching staff, he said it's never a bad player. He never lets his coach. No one ever walks. He never lets a coach come in and say he's just a bad player. You, right. There's always a, a, a way you can get the most out of your players. So I think the, if that happens, it, it's got potential. And they're bringing in Trevor Lawrence because, like, come on, just they're on the clock already. We know who they're taking. Come on. Because yeah, for the NFL, you have to be able to mold your offense, your play around your player. Of course. Right. Like, it's all you have to do because best available, you get – what you can do and coach them. Yeah, the NFL is about adjustments. Yeah, adjustments on every every drive, every drive. Yeah. Speaking of adjusting to every drive, somehow going to parlay that into the AFC and NFC championships, which are this weekend. Uh, a re- quick recap of last weekend: the Green Bay Packers handled the Los Angeles Rams, sent them packing. The Buffalo Bills, in what it was a windy and terrible weather game, sent the Baltimore Ravens home, as we discussed at the top of the show. The Cleveland Browns were eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs after Patrick Mahomes had a scary and, well, scary-looking play, although, in retrospect, not not a dirty play, and just mm-hmm. an awkward tackle. And as of today, cleared the concussion protocol. He's playing. Which we kind of all knew, like that was going to happen, because there. Ain't but no also, way. thank the Lord. Yeah. Right. I mean, that right. would have been the worst thing to deal with. Yeah, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, put away the New Orleans Saints. What maybe Drew Brees' last game? Still yet to hear. Yeah, I, he's probably the type of guy he's not going to announce till well after the Super Bowl, at least like a week or two to let them enjoy their moment you know i feel like that's just the type of guy he is but 
We'll I'm see. calling it now. He's done. He, he's calling it. It feels that way. It yep. feels that way. Um, then he might come back for one year. I don't know. If, if he comes back, it'll be his last ride. I think that's for sure. Um, so yeah. the first game on the docket, Packers versus Buccaneers. What do you, who, who do you got winning, and who do you who do you like in this game? Oh Lord, Antonio Brown, by the way, ruled out. Yes, I. It 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 did influence my decision. I'm not Packers. This Packers. If I Packers win the Super Bowl, I think I'm convinced now. It's happening. They're dialed in. They've got it. They've got it figured out. They've got. They seem to have a game plan for everything right now. If they don't, if somehow the Bills beat the Chiefs. I would guarantee a packed Super Bowl by a whole lot. Mm. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So I'm a little scared of them. But I, the Packers, Rodgers is so dialed in. There's no crowds. He can just, uh, he's so dialed. In. Well, um, Everyone who knows me knows that I believe Peyton Manning is the GOAT. Everyone who knows me knows that. You know me, you listeners, you know that. You also know that I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. In fact, some might go far as to say I'm a hater. (laughs) Probably fair in the past. I'd like to believe that at this point in time I've grown in my life. That I am not a Tom Brady hater, hater anymore. I think there's enough hate in this world. Don't need to be doing anything about sports. We can... Try and let things go. And to, as evidence of that, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game. Which Mm -hmm. is hard for me to say. But we're also in the, we're in the championship game. You're not getting, both these teams are really good. I think even with Antonio Brown out, I mean, Tom Brady will throw to anyone. Tyler Johnson made what was an incredible catch in that game. And he's like the like fifth or he's like the fourth. He's the fifth wide receiver on that core. And he's, he's like, number six option. He's the number six. option. Yeah, at least the, the sixth option, because Gronk and Cameron Braid are probably above him, too. So seventh, honestly, maybe probably I was Scotty Miller or something. Yeah. I just think there's so many weapons. Jair Alexander is going to do a great job. I trust him to shut down Mike Evans, who I assume he'll be on. But uh, I just think the Bucks just have too much. If I were like in for fantasy purposes in this game, if you're going to pick one of these quarterbacks, I think uh, Rodgers. I mean, come on, I, uh, Rodgers. Especially if I'm picking the Bucks, they're going to be behind, so he's going to throw the ball more, right? That's the, the logic, the general logic. But um, no, not not for the not for the NFC Championship game. Yeah. We're in different pot waters here. Yeah, I just this think is... I will say this: Brady, like he's just good. He like against the Saints, he got that rushing touchdown that just like gives that little extra boost. Mm-hmm. But I think Rodgers is just as capable of getting that too. So I don't. Oh, there's a definitely. push. It's basically a push. I think if you really trust one of these quarterbacks, you're safe to go with either one. No. To me, if you're playing anybody fantasy-wise in this game, you're playing what you feel the game is going to go. Yeah. Packers are going to win, play Rodgers and Devontae and even Tanyan. Yep. Like, and then uh, Tampa Bay, Brady, even Fournette, maybe. Uh, Evans. I might, yeah, I'd probably go Evans just because Godwin. I mean, he's been a little, little lackluster these past two or three games. But what happens to Godwin in the offseason? I have no idea. Yeah, we'll talk goes, about that later. Yeah, like we'll, we'll talk we'll, a ton about Godwin in the offseason. I feel like. Yeah, when we get to after our post Super Bowl show, that'll be like big free agency talk yep. and yay, but we'll get there. Um. 
Yeah, I just think and if, if you're like balling on budget, like if you've gone to the other game and you're just like looking for somebody really cheap to put in that flex spot, I mean, Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson with AB out, either one of them, I think, whoever you feel slightly more confident about. I feel it's, slightly it's, more confident to, about Scotty Miller just because he tends to run those deep routes that a, they send AB on. And that's why I want to play Tyler Johnson because I feel like everybody's going to play Scotty Miller. Let's go to. Scotty Miller is the obvious answer, you know, to, to the fill-in for A.B. So, play Tyler Johnson. He could easily catch a 70-yard touchdown that Scotty Miller is supposed to catch. And then you win because you picked the obscure guy. Fair enough. And uh, moving on now to the AFC Championship. Oh, no. Uh I'm picking the Chiefs, I, and you already discussed. I'm assuming you are too. I don't want to, man. I'm. I don't either. But like, I don't. I, I, I got to see it to believe it. I got to see it to believe it. They just find a way. They haven't looked great these past these this last month or so, really. But they still found a way to win. That's pretty crazy. I'm. I'm picking the Bills. I'm doing. You're picking it. the Bills. Oh wow. Picking the bills. All right. I think they're going to do it. Like, they figured something out. They beat the Ravens in a way I didn't expect the Ravens to be beat. They, they're adapt. They're becoming a different team as we go, which makes me excited. And. Mahomes says, I know he's cleared. Not 100%. I'm going to call him not 100%. Yeah. And uh, let Josh Allen do what he does here. I'm, I'm, I think I might get it done. I think I might get it done, Chuck. Mm. Yeah, I'll, 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 I will believe it when I see it. I, I like the Bills a lot. I think this will be a great game. I just think the Chiefs will end up on top. Um, They're better. They're better. They're the better team. They, they from, from a fantasy perspective, I think Josh Allen's the see for quarterback pick. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs. If you're going to pick Allen, you, you got it. I mean, might as well pick Diggs. Just no point not to at this point. Um, on the Chiefs side, Kelsey. And of course, I mean, of course. Yeah. The best thing that's ever happened in fantasy football. Yeah. And Hardman. <laughs> McCole Hardman. I really like McCole. I mean, he's been playing so well these past couple of weeks. I think that yeah, continues. He seems to fit the. They've just, they're going to put so much. They all, every team's going to. Concentrate on Kelsey and uh, Tyreek. Mikolar, and they find ways to get Mikolar in the ball, and he does well. And Daryl Williams, you need a running back. I think. They, uh, yes, that is my favorite person you've mentioned. I think they need a big. I, I think yeah. they need a big game from him if they're going to win. I think he has. I'm calling it two carries over 16 yards. That's not a bolt. That's not a giant prediction, but well, yeah, two carries. I mean, that's not like so over sixteen yards. Yeah, they would. I think they're going to need more than that. They're, I guess, no, like two individual carries that go over sixteen yards. It's like yeah. that's two good chunk running plays. Yeah, I think no, they're going to need Darryl like Williams. I think they're going to need like. Four or five, if they want to win this game. Yeah, all not for Darryl not Williams? just for Darrell Williams. What's well, my but, point? There were, but Nicole Hardman's were... only going to have like one or two of those. Yeah, so well, I think already... Darrell Williams needs like four. How many? How many times does one Chiefs running back have more than two carries over sixteen yards all season? I bet like two to three times total. And they won 15 regular season games. I'm 
We'll see if Clyde Edwards-Alaire plays in this game, too. Oh, now would change my Darrell Williams take, obviously. <laughs> with, with, with the old CEH added in. But on the Bills, Packers, the Super Bowl I want, but she's probably going to win. <laughs> I've got Chiefs Bucks, so we're on opposite ends of this one. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan, do you have any over-unders, or is it a clean out this week? No, I've got a... I'd say over on AFC, under NFC, leave my guess. All righty. I would probably uh, bet the under on the uh, AFC, actually, shockingly. Um, well, I'll have to see what it is, but. Um, probably like five. Let's look that up really quick before we go out, just because I kind of want to. Examine this. Um, I guess. See, AFC Championship Breakdown. Casey's favored by three. Over-unders at 54. Oh, 54. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I like the over. Yeah, I'm liking the under. Okay. I like it. Everybody got something to root for. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all righty, y'all, as always, good luck with your fantasy matchups and, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Good luck.